All right. Let's get down to business. Where's my water? Can I get my water, please? All right. I ain't getting no water today. What's going on? Where's the hospitality? All right. All right. Let's get on that. All right. No, I'm just kidding. We love you. All right. All right. It's coming from the team leader now. All right. Thank you, Mina. All right. All right. Today, I'm going to speak about a very important subject that probably doesn't get much teaching in the church. Uh, Look at Psalm 27, verse 1 and 2. Let's read verse 1 and 2. I'm going to be reading from the ESV version of the Bible. Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved, he gives them sleep. Can I get a little more mic, please? Today I'm going to preach about sleep. And so as I preach on sleep, I would appreciate if you would refrain from it so that you will get this message before you apply it. All right, please turn off your cell phone, silence them. Just a reminder, uh, it's been happening here and there. So I just want to ask you guys to silence your cell phones. Now, why did God create sleep? First of all, let me ask you a question. Do you think God created sleep? Yeah, a lot of scientists... Uh, they try to figure out why we sleep. And do you know there's no scientific answer for why we sleep? You know, a lot of us think that sleep is for the function of re-energizing ourselves. Like we're some kind of batteries that get drained out and we need to get recharged each day. Uh, that's actually a myth. The amount of energy that gets saved over sleeping for twenty, uh, about 8 hours, not 20, 8 hours... Is about 50 kilocalories, which is about the same as a piece of bread, as a slice of bread. All right, so it's, you, you don't sleep in order to get recharged. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a myth. Uh, and scientists try to study sleep and try to figure out why do humans sleep? And uh, there's other animals. A lot of animals also sleep. Why do we all sleep? We know that we spend one-third of our lives sleeping. That's a precious chunk of time. I mean, some of us, we feel we're so busy, you know, we don't have time for all that stuff. And and we're spending a third of our lives sleeping. Napoleon, he used to get by on four hours of sleep a night. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas Edison, Thomas Edison, he used to think that it was a waste of time. He really didn't like sleep either. Um, And... Think about it. Why is it that our bodies require sleep every single day? Why not once a week? Or why not every other day? Why is it that it seems like our bodies require sleep? It's perfectly matched up to how the sun rises and falls and and sets. Now, why is it that our bodies require sleep every single day? And if we think that sleep is a waste like Thomas Edison... 
And let's say we try to change our need for sleep. Are we able to do it? No. It would always go back to you needing it once a day, every day. No one can change the rhythm of the body's need for sleep each day. And I think this, it all shows us clues. It's not evolutionary. If it's evolutionary, then, then we should be able to really change it with all the technology that we have today. You know, if, if it's because, you know, cavemen, they, 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 they don't want to be hunted down by nocturnal animals that are out there in the, in the woods and out there in the, in the desert. That's why we sleep, so that we can be protected from nocturnal animals. Well, what, what, why do we need it now then? Get rid of it. But we cannot change our need for sleep. It's because God is the one who created sleep and put it into your bodies. And no matter how hard you try, no matter what drugs you take, you cannot change that. It is God's way of reminding the entire world every single day, I am God, you are not. Every single day, the entire world participates in saying, God is God and we are not. Psalm 21 verse 4 tells us that God never sleeps. You know, for us goal-driven people, wouldn't that be amazing if we didn't need to sleep? What an amazing edge we would have on our, on our competition, you know, if we didn't have to sleep. The only person that goes without sleep and never needs it is God himself. That's because he's the one who created sleep and he built it into our bodies. <clears throat> Why is sleep important? Why is sleep important? Physiologically, let's talk about why sleep is important. And uh, in order to see why sleep is important, it's a good idea to see what happens when we don't sleep. When we don't sleep, you'll notice that people get very grumpy. They get groggy. They get much more easily irritable. A lot more forgetful. Our attention span starts to shorten when we go without sleep. And continued wakefulness severely affects the parts of our brain that control language, memory, planning, and sense of time. So if you go about 17 hours without sleep, it's the equivalent, scientists say, of having two glasses of wine. All right, it limits your, your, your motor functions and your different parts of your brain. Sleep deprivation actually... It severely limits our reaction times to such a degree that many motor accidents, truck drivers, every day in America, they drive off the road and they have freak accidents and they kill innocent families, all because of sleep deprivation. The Exxon Valdez oil spill, the Challenger space shuttle explosion, uh, experts all contribute sleep deprivation played a role in these accidents. Sleep deprivation affects our physiological body, our emotional health, our physical health. It is linked to stress, high blood pressure, and obesity. Sleep is very, very important. The current world record for the longest period without sleep is 11 days. That's it. 11 days. It's held by a guy named Randy Gardner. In 1965, by the third day, he started to hallucinate. Anyway, I don't want to go into details of that. <clears throat> sleep is very, very important. And it's, it's very interesting. Sleep is not just monotonous. Sleep 
There's a dynamic to sleep. If you ever took a psychology class, you probably went over this. There are four basic stages of sleep that scientists have been able to observe and study. Um, and uh, I'll go over those four stages. Stage one is called light sleep. This is from one to ten minutes as you fall asleep. This is the stage one. And this is the stage where we're half awake and half asleep. Our muscle activity slows down, but we, we can have a tendency to twitch if we have a dream or something during this time. And uh, it's very easy to awaken somebody uh, during stage one. Within 10 minutes of light sleep, we go into stage two, which is called true sleep. Uh, in stage two, it lasts for about 20 minutes. The breathing pattern and our heart rate begins to slow down. And this period accounts for the largest part of human sleep is stage two. Stage three is the precious portion of sleep that everyone really needs and requires. Stage three is called deep sleep. Deep sleep. During stage three, the brain begins to produce delta waves, a type of wave that is large and slow, slow frequency, low frequency. And breathing and heart rate, they drop to their lowest levels during deep sleep. And it's the, it's, this is the portion of sleep that makes you feel the most rested. But it goes even deeper than that. It goes to stage four. Stage four is famously known as REM sleep. Stage four is characterized by rhythmic breathing and limited muscle activity. If we are awakened during stage four sleep or deep sleep, we do not adjust immediately. We often feel groggy and disoriented when we wake up. Um, and the first rapid eye movements begin typically in stage four. Uh, it begins about 70 to 90 minutes after uninterrupted sleep. And uh, we have about three to five REM episodes a night. And although we are not conscious, the brain is very active. Scientists observe it is even more active than when we are awake during stage four. This is the period when most dreams occur. Our eyes start to dart around inside. And that, that's where we get REM. REM stands for rapid eye movement. Uh, your brain starts to go crazy. You start to dream dreams. Your breathing rate and blood pressure start to rise. And however, our bodies are effectively paralyzed. Most of the time in REM sleep, your body is a paralyzed. And scientists believe this is nature's way uh, to keep you safe so that you don't act out your dreams. Right. I believe this is God's way of uh, preventing us from you know, falling off the bed and, and hurting ourselves. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I thank God, not nature, Mother Nature, whoever Mother Nature is. It ain't, it ain't no Mother Nature, it's God. God is in charge. He, he, he paralyzes our bodies. Um, and then after a period of REM sleep, the whole cycle begins again. All right? It's very interesting. Um, <clears throat> sleep is very dynamic. God has created sleep to have its various purposes. Sleep is very, very important. To our emotional, physiological, spiritual health, it is very important to our health and well-being. Um, sleep, why is it important? Sleep, why is it important? Uh, it does give our body much-needed rest. You know, I've known friends that do all-nighters three nights in a row, four nights in a row. And if you ever do that, I've done this a few times, you actually start to get uh, pinched nerves in your spine. 
Uh, it's because uh, gravity starts to take effect on your spinal cord. And unless you sleep and the, and the body naturally starts to expand your spine, it continue press down from gravity on your spine will actually cause you to have permanent and chronic back problems. So I've known people who've done these all-nighters, and the common thing between them is they all have chronic back problems. So it's very important that we get good and adequate sleep. Uh, look at Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2 again. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. That's not a good, tasty bread there. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Are you God's beloved? Say yes. Yes. The word of God says he gives to his beloved. He gives them sleep. What I'm here to tell you is sleep is a gift from God. And I'm not just talking about just sleep. I'm talking about good sleep. Because how many of you know there's a difference between sleep and good sleep? You're going to have all the sleep in the world. Unless it's good sleep, you're not going to be able to function at your, at your highest and optimal levels. And your, and your most clear and sharpest levels. Um, good sleep is a gift from God. And you know, choleric, Martha-driven type people, they think sleeping is a curse. But we need to all in the body of Christ actually recognize that good sleep is a blessing. It is a gift. It requires us, sleeping requires us to stop working. And to trust the Lord for the things that we were unable to accomplish after we put in our diligence for the day. But when we try to play God, we try to stay awake and finish everything. And in actuality, when you do that, it can be a lack of faith and trust in the Lord. Not just, uh, even if you, it could be a sign of procrastination as well. (laughs) But even when you've not procrastinated and you have a tendency to go without sleep, that's you trying to take matters into your own hands. That's you trying to play God. That's you trying to, that's you, you know, as much as you praying and asking God for help is an expression of faith. You going to sleep on time after a hard day's work is an expression of faith. God can accomplish far more in one night of you sleeping than in all of your waking hours put together. You know, people, they pay thousands of dollars in sleeping pills, in sleep treatments in order to get good sleep. I mean, good sleep is not, it, it comes at a cost for some people. I mean, and it is a precious gift, and it is a gift that God's people, we too often neglect and forfeit. We think sleep has nothing to do with spirituality. We think sleep has nothing to do with God. But I'm here to tell you today, God is the one who created sleep. And He is the one who wants you to enjoy it and express your faith through it. As God's people, we need to stop going with the flow of a sleep-deprived, overworked culture. And we need to take back our sleep life. It's one-third of our lives. We need to take that back and reclaim that onto the Lord. We need to learn how to trust the Lord 
demonstrates faith through sleep, we need to stop eating the bread of anxious toil. How many of you guys have eaten that nasty bread? All right. We need to stop eating that bread and we need to receive the, good, the gift of good sleep with Thanksgiving every single day. You know, sleep is our daily opportunity to say, Abba Father, I trust that you love me and that you will take good care of me. I now go to sleep because you are God and I am not. You do a pretty good job of managing my life as well as the universe. So I'm just going to go to sleep now. I mean, it's like our daily opportunity to express our trust and dependency on him. And, and, and sleep, the word sleep translated throughout the Old and New Testament is often equivalent to the activity of sex. I'm sorry, but I'm just being biblical, all right? The, the Bible oftentimes will not mention the word sex. It doesn't, it just oftentimes is more, a little bit more tactful than that. But the Bible, it often will use the word sleep to represent, represent sex, you know? And sleep, it's because sleep is a very intimate activity. As sex is a very intimate activity, just the activity of sleep is a very intimate activity. You know, you oftentimes, you know, the brothers, come on, brothers, right? If a, if a brother, no, no brother goes over and sleeps over at a friend's house and is like, yo, 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 let me sleep next to you on, on the same bed. <laughs> the brothers are like, no! It's very intimate. You sleep on the couch. I know it's a little different dynamic for sisters, but you know, in general, sleep is a very intimate activity, you know, but every single day you get to sleep in the presence of the Lord. It's a very intimate activity. You know, you, oftentimes if you feel danger, you often can't fall asleep. Like if you've ever been on a mission trip to Jensan, right? The Jensan team, y'all going down there. I don't mean to scare y'all, but there are, there are Al Qaeda networks all over that island. That's why U.S. military personnel can't go on these trips with us, all right, because it's dangerous. And I remember one time we, we, I went there with Pastor David when Pastor David was still here, and we went, and the pastors of the churches, they stayed awake watching the little building that we were sleeping in because they were concerned for our safety. Now, if it, it, them being there made me feel a little unsafe, but... If they weren't there and I knew that Al-Qaeda were around, I would probably not have been able to fall asleep. You know, you only fall asleep when you're in the presence, when, you're, when, you're, when you know you're in a safe place. And every single day, all right, you have this intimate act with God where you just sleep in the safety of his arms. Every day, um, married couples, all right, if married, when married couples, they get separate beds, we often think there's a, there's a problem going on there, right? We don't accept separate beds, at least in today's culture. We don't accept separate beds as a sign of good marriage, as a sign of healthy marriage. You know, There's a problem going on there because married couples, they're united as one. 
And so they enjoy that sleep activity every day before the presence of God. Something they do together. Sleep is a very intimate thing. Sleep, sleep is our way to express our faith and trust in God. It is a gift, brothers and sisters. Tell your neighbor, sleep is a good gift. All right, let's stay with me here. (laughs) Sleep is also very important because God speaks to us while we are sleeping. That's stage four sleep. Why do scientists, why is it a regular thing that happens? Whether we are aware of it or not, why does it happen almost every night for us? Right? It's because God has reserved that time. It's the time where you can't go to the bathroom, where you can't get up and leave, where you can't, you know... Think about and get on your iPhone or something. You have to pay attention to whatever gets shown to you during that stage four of your sleep cycle. Right? And a lot of times the Bible tells us that God speaks to us in that stage four cycle of sleep. He speaks to us through dreams. In Genesis chapter 15, God speaks to Abraham in his sleep. Genesis chapter 28, Jacob. God speaks to Jacob in his sleep. God speaks to us through dreams. Job chapter 33, verse 14 and 15 says, God speaks in one way and in two. Though man does not perceive it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men while they slumber on their beds. Isn't that amazing? How did the Bible know that you often go into your dream cycle right after you fall into deep sleep? Because the Bible is much more scientific and filled with much more wisdom and insight than any scientist can conjure up. The creator universe has written it, right? But the word of God is saying here, God speaks to man in a dream, in a vision of the night. What is a vision of the night? That's, that's your dreams. God comes and he visits us and he speaks to us. Now, a lot of us, you know, we, we uh, you know, sometimes we ask the question, do you dream dreams? Some of us say, oh, yeah, I dream dreams all the time. Let me tell you about what crazy one I had last night. And there's people that have a lot of frequent dreams. And there's other people that just say, oh, man, I never dream. Actually, everybody is dreaming. Like, if you study psychology, everyone dreams every night. It's just that, you know, some of us have better memories than others. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, if you will give attention, because we've seen this at New Philly, we, we teach on prophetic dreams and visions. And when I, when I teach that, or Aaron teaches that, or one of our leaders teaches that, it actually activates the body of Christ to begin to hear from God in that area. Where before it was kind of inactive or unredeemed, when we begin to teach on that, it begins to activate the body of Christ to begin to expect God to speak to them in, in their dreams. And so a lot of people who've never, who say, I've never dreamed dreams, after they get that teaching and they start to pray, they actually start to get many prophetic dreams. And they start having a log of dreams and they start seeking out the interpretation of those dreams. And God starts to reveal key revelation. You know, Aaron and I, when we got married, before we got married, we went through a very uh, difficult time. Right? You know, uh, there were family issues and different uh, people didn't, weren't on board with our marriage and stuff. And, they, you know, and so we needed kind of encouragement and clues along the way. And the way that God spoke to us was through dreams. God gave me warnings early on in our relationship to me about dreams, through dreams. And then God gave Aaron 
a lot of encouragements through the difficult time that she was walking through. And a lot of those encouragements came through dreams. Now, a lazy man will never get prophetic messages through dreams. You know why? Because it takes a lot of work. When you wake up, you got to write it down or you got to have a way to record it. And then you have to take it. And with a childlike heart, you have to ask God for the interpretation. You have to be willing to go to men of God that may be able to interpret it for you. You know, it's amazing. One time Aaron had this crazy roller coaster dream one day, one year ago. And uh, I was like, she was like, what do you think about this dream? It was so detailed. It's like, this person was on the roller coaster and this happened and this, we went up and then down and we came off. The seatbelt was one of them was loose. I don't know what it was. All these details to her dream about a roller coaster. And I said, uh, I don't know, honey. Maybe it was just a dream about a roller coaster. And then Rob Hodgkin was sitting in the back of our car. And then all of a sudden he goes, you know what, Aaron? This is what I think. This part of the roller coaster represents this. That person is going through this. And that's why they're uh, experiencing this emotion in your dream and this and that. And he actually interpreted every single detail in the dream. And he didn't even flinch about asking her uh, about the details. Like he, memor- he somehow memorized, like the interpretation came to him. <laughs> it, was, it was actually really amazing. And... Um, uh, sometimes God will give you the dream and their interpretation. And other times God will give somebody else a dream and give you the interpretation or vice versa. But we need each other in the body of Christ to hear from the Lord. God has a very creative way to speak to us, diversity of ways. But you know, one thing is demonic spirits can also try to attack us in our dreams, in our sleep times. Because, you know, when we're sleeping, we're very vulnerable. It's like the movie Inception. I'm serious here, right? Demonic spirits, they have the ability to influence our dreams and to plant seeds of deception, doubt, false hope, or bitterness. You know, I've had, I have people in this church, one week they're like, oh, Pastor Christian, and they love me and they hug me, and the next week just stone cold. And I'm just like, what happened? And then later on, I, I sit down and talk to them, and they're like, I had this dream, and you did this to me in the dream. <laughs> I'm like, what? I, I ain't do nothing. That wasn't me. <laughs> no, but, but you know, people have done that. People have done that because Satan can actually influence our dreams. He can plant those, those seeds. Uh, in fact, in European culture, there are two words for... Uh, demonic spirits that attack their dreams. It's called Incubus and Succubus. Right? Incubus is not just a rock band. Right? Incubus and Succubus, if you study it, these are names for demonic spirits that attack us through immoral or violent sexual dreams. Right? And so um, if this is happening to you, and this is something we used to teach the prayer team two years ago, uh, if you have one of these attacks where a demonic spirit kind of gives you a... a immoral or violent sexual encounter in your in your dream when you wake up all right you need to pray a prayer of cleansing over your physical body all right and then if there was willing involvement because you have a will in your dream and sometimes your will will give in or you will do something you will commit a sin in the dream all right confess that sin to the lord and some religious people be like well, what you talking about you can't you can't confess the sins of our dream hey, hey, you can Alright? You should consecrate every, every waking and sleeping moment. Every moment of your life. Cause sleep, God gives you sleep, right? And we should redeem that time as well. 
And if in that time you gave in and you, will, you willfully chose something wrong, be sure to confess your sin when you wake up. Cleanse yourself from that and disallow that from becoming a pattern in your life. Because for some people, they will get so fascinated with it. And I've met people that I helped in deliverance ministry. They get so fascinated with it. It goes from like, like just small dreams to actual like full-on visions in their waking moments where they can see these spirits. And they will see like really nasty visions and stuff like that. Don't let it become a pattern in your life. Because what becomes in seed form in your dreams can actually be something you act out in your waking moments. Satan is trying to influence you in that way. And brothers and sisters, we need to we need to cleanse ourselves, consecrate our bodies, consecrate our bedtime. And when you when you wake up, you know, pray, Lord, I disallow this from becoming a pattern over my life. I pray that I'll get prophetic dreams. I pray that I have good sleep each night. I will feel I will wake up with feelings of no shame, but only peace and joy. You know, if you continue to allow Satan to attack you in whatever different ways while you're sleeping, it can have disastrous results on you. And so uh, I will encourage the saints, oppose Satan's activity in this area. Cast it down in prayer. Ask God to increase your discernment in identifying and interpreting prophetic dreams from kekum, from nonsense dreams. Okay, let me tell you sisters here today, all right? Not every dream you get of a good-looking fella means you're supposed to marry him. Because let me tell you something right now. Whenever a bad-looking fella shows up in your dream, you never think that. So it just goes to show you, if Satan is going to deceive you and trip you up and try to stunt your spiritual growth, he's going to send a good-looking fella into your dream. Be discerning. And it's important also to like sometimes share that with your spiritual authority. Share it with a small group leader. Share it with your pastor. And be like, what do you think? All right? And I'll tell you right now, spiritual authorities, you know, because they're, they're supposed to watch over you, they have a clarity, like an eagle clarity that maybe you don't. And if you submit that to them, right, they'll be able to tell you almost in an instant. But like, man, you know, that dream, that's nonsense. Because <laughs> the pastor may know that that brother is actually pursuing a relationship with another girl, right? And you know how, you know, we want to protect your heart. If that's going on, you know, I just want to, you know, in a, in a kind way, just be like, oh, I don't think that's from the Lord, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to help y'all, you know, when I'm doing that. So listen to your spiritual authorities. They get that covering over you when you're trying to identify, interpret, you know, dreams that you think are from the Lord. Uh, Sleep is also important because I don't know if you ever thought of it this way. Sleep restrains evil on the earth. Because, you know, for every righteous man that goes to sleep, there is 200, 2,000 wicked men that also go to sleep. 2,000 pimps, drug dealers, murderers, psychopaths that go to sleep. What's going on? There are psychopaths out there. All right. And, uh. In that sense, sleep is important because it restrains evil. If, if all of mankind was awake at all times, there would be incredible evil on the earth. Just think about uh, the effect that time had on evil in the days of Noah. All right? And back then, people didn't live to a hundred. They lived to a thousand. When you are alive for a thousand years and you don't have a covenant relationship with God... And you don't have the Holy Spirit like, like we do today, right? You get increasingly more wicked. 
You go from stealing little candies to stealing cars to stealing homes to stealing babies to stealing, I don't know, stealing people's hair while they're sleeping. And I don't know, wicked things people did. And thousands of years, you saw the increase in wickedness. But imagine, you know, if we, we just didn't sleep. That's the equivalent of having another 40, 30 years added onto our lives. Right? And in that sense, uh, sleep restrains evil on the earth. All right? Sleep restrains evil more than all the laws and the police stations in the world put together. Sleep restrains evil. It's much more effective at doing it. Um, now, I know I'm, 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 I'm preaching about sleep. I'm getting you really pumped up to apply this message right away. But let me give you a balanced view about sleep. Let me balance it out for y'all. Proverbs 20, verse 13. If you have your Bible turned there. Proverbs 20, verse 13. It says, Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep. Can I say amen? amen. Can I hear amen? Come on. Amen. Love not sleep lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of bread. Okay. So I, I told, I'm preaching good sleep is a gift from God. It is a gift from God, especially for God's people. Good sleep is a gift from God. But we are not encouraged to love sleep. All right. You love sleep and you are loving on poverty. You are loving on laziness, unfaithfulness. Okay. We, we are to sleep, but we are not to love sleep. Get this word burned onto your spirits. I know there's a lot of phlegmatics in here. All right. And y'all think. All right, you, you are called to love sleep. I'm telling you right now. God's word says don't love sleep. In Matthew chapter 26, Jesus, right before he got crucified, he told his disciples to stay up and sleep. I mean, stay up and pray. <laughs> I need more sleep. Uh, he told them to stay up and pray. And when he came back, he found them sleeping. You know what, you know what that tells you? One is, right... These disciples didn't, they weren't getting proper sleep. But number two, they didn't fully believe Jesus' words that he was going to be crucified. They didn't really believe it. So here's Jesus, so, just, just so much pressure, so much stress and agony over having to face the cross. And here they are taking a good old nap. Jesus came back and rebuked them and said, Could you not watch with me one hour? All right. Do not love sleep. Do not love sleep. All right. There are times and places where we need to go without sleep. All right. The norm is we need to sleep. But there are times and places we go without sleep. You on a mission trip? Okay. You can't be like, oh, Lisa, uh, Pastor John, I'm not listening to you. I'm going to sleep right now because Pastor Christian told me that sleep is a gift and I need to exercise my gift and I need to just sleep right now. I ain't listening to y'all. I'm sleeping. And it's like, well, well, Holy Spirit's moving powerfully tonight. Can y'all, can you just stay awake and just minister with us for one more hour? No, I must have my sleep, right? <laughs> Don't do that. There are times where we need to go without sleep. Paul even uh, talked about it in his testimony. He went many uh, days, sleepless nights. All right, there are times for the sake of the gospel. That is a good reason to go without sleep. Yeah. All right, but, but the norm is God wants us to have proper rest. So that our waking moments can really count. 
and that also that during our sleep times, he can really speak to us with clarity. Um, so let me just preach real quick on how do we get better sleep? How do we get better sleep? Three things, three points, keep in mind. The key word here is peace. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. Everyone say shalom. shalom. All right. How do we get better peace? I mean, I gets better sleep? Man, I really need some better sleep. How do, we need, how do we get better sleep is the key word is peace. The word of God says Jesus is the prince of peace. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Hallelujah. Psalm 4 verse 8 says, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you, you alone, O Lord, you make me dwell in safety. Proverbs 29 verse 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Peace is the key word in getting better sleep. There's three aspects of peace. One, you want better sleep? You got to have peace with God. You got to keep a clear conscience. The reason, the reason why you are suffering with so much insomnia is because your relationship with God is not right. You're living in rebellion. You're living in sin. And if you don't have peace with God, you will not enjoy this gift of good sleep. Romans chapter 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through uh, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel says we have peace with God through the sacrifice of his only son. If through the cross we have gained peace with God, why would you ever forfeit that peace for a night of pleasure? Why would you forfeit that peace with God for just to conform and to fit in with your friends? Brothers and sisters, the peace that God has purchased for you, the peace with God that God has given you, it came at a costly price. Once you have that through the gospel... Don't go giving it up. Stay in right relationship with God. And you will have peace with God. And you will have good, good sleep. You know, um, when you don't have peace with God, you have a lot of anxiety. You're struggling with a lot of anxiety. Because your spirit will recognize that things are out of order. The Holy Spirit also in you will recognize that your, your, the things in your life are out of order. Because you know when it comes down to it? God is the best at managing your life. Amen? He's the best at managing your finances and managing your schedule. God is the best at this. And when we start to take over the driver's seat, your spirit will feel uneasy about this decision. And your spirit will start to feel anxiety, fear, uncertainty. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have peace with God, all right, It is very costly upon your physical body as well as your emotional and spiritual health. You know, uh, there is a famous movie, Saving Private Ryan. And uh, in the movie, um, there's a Christian soldier. He's a sniper. And this guy's got a gift for war, all right? And you know, certain people have gifts for war. Don't think that's not a real gift. 
You see, David, he had a gift for war. Uh, and this guy in the movie, he's like, he's a sniper. And, you know, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time uh, to kill. Right? And, and, you know, if you're a good biblical Christian and you're a soldier enlisted in a war and it's a righteous war and, and you go out there and you kill, right? You can sleep with a clear conscience. Okay? That Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. You're not guilty of that, you shall not murder. Because there is a time of war where it is a time to kill. All right? And if you have a problem with that, you're going to have a problem honoring our veterans in America and Korea. You're going to have a very difficult time honoring them. Because you don't see them as men that sacrifice and serve to fight for your freedom. You see them as murderers. And so you should have a proper biblical perspective on war. But let me tell you right now, in that movie, Saving Private Ryan, all these other soldiers, there's a Jew, there's an atheist, you know, all these guys... They don't know God. They don't know Christ. But this one Christian dude, right? He's just, he's just, uh, Lord, you are at my right hand. You shall not let my enemies prevail against me. And he's just killing everybody. He's quoting Bible verses. And, and Christians, non-Christians, when they saw the movie, they were like, that is so cool. That guy is so cool. And there's a scene in the movie, and there's this, uh, they're in a church building. And there's bombs exploding all around them. And they're trying to look for uh, Private Ryan. And they're just thinking, uh, what a foobar mission this is. And, uh, you know, like, and they're sta- sitting there. And then they're looking at the Christian dude. And he's just sleeping. And they're like, how does this guy just fall asleep so easily? We're in the middle of a war. You know, we're, we're looking for this guy, Ryan. We, we, we're part of a foobar mission. Well, how is this guy sleeping like that? And another guy comments and says, He's sleeping on a pillow of a clear conscience. That's why he's able to sleep so, so, so good at night. He's got no problems at doing what he does. He really believes that you know, God's the one who's given him this gift. And in the same way, brothers and sisters, the best pillow that you can sleep on each night to get good sleep is a clear conscience. You can only have a clear conscience if you have right relationship with God. You will not stop me from finishing this message. <laughs> All right. So first key is peace, peace with God. Second is peace with others. Actually, peace with others will affect your ability to have good sleep. <clears throat> Mark 9.50, Jesus said, be at peace with each other. First Thessalonians 5.13, live in peace with each other. That means if somebody does you wrong, forgive them. Get rid of all anger. Get rid of all unforgiveness. If you are at odds with a friend, go reconcile with them. Live in peace with each other. If you live in peace with others, you will have good sleep. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart that is at peace gives life to the body. But envy rots the bones. Do you have jealousy against each other? Envy against each other? Get rid of that. Live in peace with each other. And you will have good sleep. And third and last, have peace with your own soul. And there are some people that have peace with God. They have peace with others. But they don't have peace with themselves. They don't have peace with themselves. And a lot of times, 
The reason why we don't have peace with our own soul is because we're living in foolishness. That's why. When you live in foolishness, you cannot deceive your own heart. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be troubled at the way you're living. If you're living in foolishness, if you're living in selfishness, all right, you're you're gonna have a hard time sleeping well. And so, very interesting. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter three. It's a key passage here about good sleep. Look at Proverbs chapter three. Look with me at verse seventeen first. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 17 says, Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. What are we talking about? Who is she here? Okay, if you look earlier at verse 13, it's talking about, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Right? The opposite of foolishness is wisdom. Right? And so, it's saying here, Her ways, wisdom's ways, understanding's ways, prudence's ways, are the ways of pleasantness and her paths, all her paths, are peace. Okay, and keep reading with me. Look at verse 21 through 24. My son, do not, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be Sweet. <laughs> Somebody say sweet, sweet sleep. Sweet sleep. I, could I could use some sweet sleep. Tell you right now, if you want sweet, good, wonderful sleep, walk in wisdom. Pursue understanding. In fact, the word of God says in Psalm 85, I will listen to what the Lord God says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. But let them not turn to folly. It's the moment you turn toward folly and foolishness. It's the moment you start to lose your peace. That's when you start to lose your ability to have good, sweet rest. So brothers and sisters, have peace with God, peace with each other, peace with your own soul. And enjoy this good gift that God gives us each and every single day. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word today. And Lord, I just want to pray for anybody right now that is struggling with sleeplessness, insomnia, night terrors. Demonic attacks and dreams, incubus, succubus attacks, anyone who's in here that's struggling in these areas and didn't think that they could do anything about it. I want to pray for them right now. Brothers and sisters, if you are struggling in these areas and you want to receive prayer and you want God to intervene and begin to bless you with the good gift, the gift of good sleep, I want you to stand to your feet and I just want to pray for you. Right? Struggling with insomnia. If you leave this problem and you don't do anything about it, I'm telling you right now, it's going to start to affect all different areas of your waking life. It'll affect your relationships. It will affect your ability to do God's will. 
And we need to start reclaiming the night. The night does not belong to the devil. I know there's all kinds of evil and dark things that happen at night. But the night belongs to God. He is awake day and night, night and day. And he is at this hour also raising up the saints to establish houses of prayer all over the world. So that they may watch and call on his name day and night, night and day. To truly redeem each city. To call upon the Lord. To watch as watchmen over that city. He's raising up houses of prayer. And if you're here today and you've been struggling, you've not been able to get good sleep, just stand up. All right. Yes, Lord.